important aspect to NASA and the other space agencies is the idea of open standards. And Time Trigger Ethernet is an SAE open standard, and it allows different modules or different vehicles designed by different companies to be brought together and talk over the data bus in a very seamless manner and to standards that are internationally available. Space Watchers, I'm Emma, the Editor-in-Chief of Spacewatch Global, and this is a new episode of Space Cafe Radio, your radio channel dedicated to emerging trends and live conferences in the space sector. Today's episode is sponsored by TTTAC, a leading provider of safe networked computing platforms that make megatrends like the Internet of Things and autonomous mobility a reality. TTTech Aerospace focuses on safety-critical and secure network and avionics core systems for the space and aviation markets. And you're just about to listen to Bob Richards, TTTech Vice President for Space, directly from the show floor of the 38th Space Symposium in Colorado Springs. The episode was recorded during the show, so together with Bob's explanations about TTTech main goals and products, we also have a very nice introduction about the meaning of the Space Symposium and what it represents for the industry. Enjoy the show. Hello, Space Watchers, and welcome to another episode of Space Cafe Radio. Today, we are here in Colorado for the annual Space Symposium, and we have the chance to discuss the fundamental and never-discuss-enough role of electronics robustness in space technology with one of the global leaders in safety-critical and reliable data networks. It's a pleasure to introduce you to Bob Richards, the Vice President of Space at TT Tech. Bob, welcome. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's always good to be here in Colorado Springs. It's a place where all the leaders all around the world come every year to discuss space of all types, civil space, military space, human space flight, and it's just a pleasure to be here with you. Fantastic. So Bob is a space industry expert and leads the team in the U.S. offices, among others, also in the office and development lab in Houston, Texas. Bob, let's start a bit from uh, your uh, personal journey. I know that you started at TT Tech in uh, 2019, but before you came from a, a long career at Orbital ATK and Northrop Grumman. Uh, can you give us a background of your story, of your journey? Yeah, of course. I'm very grateful to have had a full career involved with space, many, many different types of uh, space missions. I've done everything from launch vehicles to satellite development, to human spaceflight. It's a very demanding type of job, and I've done both uh, development and mission operations as well. So I really love the space industry, and it's just been a pleasure to, to work on that. After these years of working in space, I've really been impressed on the need for reliable data communications, and that's what TT Tech is all about. What are you working on at the moment at TT Tech? So at TT Tech, our main focus right now is the Artemis program and the Gateway project, which is a part of Artemis. So Artemis is the NASA overall program to return astronauts to the lunar surface. And Gateway is a big part of that total program. It's creating a transportation stopover location, if you will, in lunar orbit so that astronauts can travel from the Earth to this transportation stopover point 
and then get into a lunar lander, go on down to the surface of the moon, and then retrace their steps back to the Earth. So Gateway is a major part of the overall Artemis program. And for TT Tech, our role is the data network for Gateway, and that is really our focus right now. So I know that the company name was derived from Time Trigger Technology, which is a technology now implemented in open standards that has become the data backbone for space missions. Can you walk us through why these components are fundamentals for any space mission and why TT Tech can do them better than others? So the use of time-triggered Ethernet began with the Orion spacecraft and also studies at NASA and other space agencies on what should be the future data bus for human spaceflight. And it was, it was really studied fairly extensively. And of course, NASA started with Ethernet as sort of the starting point because Ethernet is the most popular data bus format worldwide. So that's a good place to start. But for something as important as safety-critical applications and human spaceflight, there was some add-on features that were necessary to enhance the fault tolerance, to enhance the safety, and to enhance other aspects specifically for space. And a lot of this was all developed, again, under the Orion capsule program, but it just made sense to extend this to Gateway, particularly because Orion is going to transfer out to the Gateway and actually dock to the Gateway. Another important aspect to NASA and the other space agencies is the idea of open standards. And Time Trigger Ethernet is an SAE open standard, and it allows different modules or different vehicles designed by different companies to be brought together and talk over the data bus in a very seamless manner and to standards that are internationally available. So with that kind of background, NASA and ESA and other space agencies decided that the Gateway should adopt this standard for deep space activities, starting with Gateway and the lunar activities. And the topic of standardization is often discussed because as we progress with technology and complexities, we definitely need uh, a way to standardize all the technology. Bob, can you explain me the pre-traffic classes and maybe give me some examples of applications? Certainly. One of the unique aspects of time-triggered Ethernet is that three different traffic classes can traverse the data network on the same set of wires. And the data in those traffic classes is uh, kept separate by design. And by having these different traffic classes on the same set of wires, it saves mass and wires, which in space, mass is everything. So that's super important to save that weight. So the three traffic classes are, number one, time-triggered, number two, rate-constrained, and number three, best efforts. So just in sort of layman's terms, what that means is that the time-triggered class operates to a schedule, and that schedule is predetermined and verified before the mission, and it's fixed, and it repeats over and over and over again. So that type of data transfer is best for things like a guidance algorithm that you want to run over and over and over again. The second type is called rate constraint, and that's for 
data which is not scheduled, it's asynchronous, meaning it can happen at any particular time, but is still critical and it still has to get to the destination correctly. A good example of that might be astronaut digitized voice. The astronauts are going to talk anytime they want to talk, so it's not scheduled. But when they talk, we want the data to get to the destination. And the third is best efforts, where it's data that's not critical and it's not transmitted with any kind of guarantees to get there, but it does help fill out the overall capacity of the network. And that could be something like a video where if you missed a frame of video, well, the next frame is coming right behind it and you won't even notice the little blip in the, in the picture. So with these three data classes, we really optimize our safety aspects of critical data on the network. And the best efforts data cannot in affect in any kind of negative way the critical data, but it's still available if you want to uh, use it for video or ground equipment or something like that. It is often discussed about the need of uh, technology transfer. So the need to apply technologies created for the space industry mm -hmm. to a completely different sector. Are the robotics and uh, data connectivity tools that you are creating for the gateway applicable to other industries? It's certainly applicable to other industries and variations of it are already being used in other industries such as civil aviation. And I expect that you're going to see greater penetration of this technology you know, across the board because, let's face it, space and lunar space is some of the most demanding emissions around. And if this technology can handle those demanding emissions, it will work in other areas, particularly as Things like, I don't know, self-driving cars or more automation becomes more prevalent in other, in other areas as well. So I definitely see this is going to move to other industries, but my focus is really just on space and there's still a lot of growth potential. You know, beyond the moon, there's other deep space missions, but also low Earth orbit and other areas. This same technology can be used anywhere. I guess I would say that most modern avionics, a data bus is a critical aspect to that because as you want to get to more fault tolerance in your electronics and your avionics, and just with modern software and other things, the need to transfer data between the different elements becomes more and more important. And Time Trigger Ethernet has the high speed, it's a gigabit system as well as it has a lot of features that improve the integrity of the data transfer. And that's, that's what it's all about for something like a space mission, a human spaceflight mission. You want to be guaranteed that the data can move through the network and get to where it's going. And the time aspect is another uh, important feature. So is this the concept of reliable connectivity, correct? It is. That's the concept of reliable connectivity. But the time aspect is really underappreciated because TT Ethernet, time-triggered Ethernet, brings with the network timing and synchronization throughout the network. So by just joining the network, you get time. That's a real innovation, and it's very important in these high-performance applications where essentially data has to be time-stamped. And if the timestamp is wrong... It's almost as if, it, depending on how the algorithms, it's the same as if the data is wrong. So the time is very important. 
What's the next step for TT Tech in the space sector? What goes beyond the lunar missions, Artemis, Gateway? What should we expect from you guys? Specifically for the lunar, we do have a suite of products that we're selling. We sell chip-level products, board-level products, and box-level products. And those products will be used in the gateway for data transfer and for various avionics functions. That's where we are today. And there's still quite a bit of work to customize those basic building blocks, which are commercially available building blocks for other types of missions. So that's, that's sort of where we are today is have some building blocks and then customize them for certain missions. Like, for example, lunar landers. The lunar landers all come to Gateway and dock. So therefore, they need to be compatible with this uh, data backbone format as well. But a lunar lander has maybe a little bit different set of requirements for going actually to the lunar surface than maybe the, the orbiting station, the gateway, does. So we can, we can customize those features. One of the key parts of the equipment is it, it can handle different levels of redundancy. So just to give you an example, a typical human spaceflight avionics system, if for integrity reasons, takes a data uh, frame or data packet and splits it and repeats it across multiple paths, that's to guarantee it's going to get to the destination. So a kind of typical human spaceflight system might triplicate it. And when it gets to the destination, it takes the three, assuming all went well, it takes those three packets and, and shrinks it back down to one, one frame or one, one packet. But that could be customized. It could run simplex. It could run dual. It could run triplex. It could run even higher levels of redundancy. So it's a very flexible system, and it handles a lot of different types of missions. Some missions are short. Some missions are really long. Some are in a high radiation field. Some are in more benign conditions, and we can customize those products for that. Out of curiosity, what do you mean for level of redundancy? So in human spaceflight, because our astronauts are so important in everything, you usually have multiple boxes for each function. Because if a single box fails, you wouldn't want to have a critical or even die because of it. So for every function, you're going to have multiple boxes doing the same thing. When you have multiple boxes, now that means that I have to transfer data from multiple places to multiple places. And the integrity of the data as it transfers is very important as well. That level of redundancy has a lot to do with how long is the mission. The longer missions require more redundancy. Shorter missions can get by with less redundancy. When I'm going to have a TT Tech chip in my laptop to load my Facebook page much faster, <laughs> <laughs> when your technology is going to be in my hands? Well... You know, right now we're very focused as a company on safety critical applications, mm -hmm. and that takes a different mindset and attention to detail. Um, there's plenty of safety critical applications that are not spaceflight, but mm -hmm. are still important to you. Like when you ride on an airliner, you want okay. it, you want it to work. So I see more expansion in the safety critical areas than email and Facebook, but nonetheless, the technology is still there. Also, our systems can receive packets from 
laptops and other things. And we have a way of segregating the non-critical stuff, which might be email or Facebook, from the critical stuff, which is maybe a guidance algorithm running on a spacecraft. And we could, you know, we could go into that in a little bit more detail. And if you would like to add, Bob, something I didn't ask you that you want to add? No, it's, a, it's really a great industry and it's exciting to be part of these types of missions. They're very demanding and they take both good technology and also <clears throat> intense attention to detail to be successful. So uh, happy to have had this discussion with you and I'm sure you're going to enjoy your time at the Space Symposium because there's a lot of interesting things going on. I wish the same to you. I hope you're going to have a fantastic time in Colorado and I will see you again. Thanks a lot, Bob, for your time. Thank you. If you want to keep the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global. Subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Emma Gatti, Editor-in-Chief of Space Watch Global, your independent perspective on space. See you next time. Ciao. Thank you.